0: Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello there and welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. I'm Blake Lindsay, your host, and I'm certainly glad you're here. We hope you're enjoying a better than good week, and we're going to do our best today to make certain that you have a better than good podcast to listen to. Zig Ziglar is going to talk about how to keep a marriage strong. He and his wife, Jean, whom he lovingly refers to as the redhead, have been happily married now for over 62 years and are more in love than ever. I think you'll agree that Zig knows a thing or two about how to keep a marriage strong. Let's turn up our speakers and listen.
1: Would you build a happy, exciting marriage? Would you build one of permanent duration? Then I believe the next bit of advice or suggestion I'm going to make is the key to a whole lot of it. And in a nutshell, the advice is this, don't be stupid. (laughs) Now, the chances are pretty good some of you as you listen to this recording were a little stunned to hear that, but I bet you heard it. And that's exactly the point I wanted to make. Don't be stupid. Don't confuse pleasure with happiness. An awful lot of people confuse those things. Sex can warn you or it can burn you just as a fire contained in the fireplace gives out a magnificent warm experience. But if it gets out of that fireplace, then it is absolutely devastating. A sexual relationship outside the marriage bed is devastating. It absolutely will destroy whatever you hold precious. A number of years ago, a Texas magazine interviewed me And somehow in the conversation, the subject came up, and I don't know how it did, but the question was, would I take my secretary to lunch? And I responded, why, of course not. And the interviewer was somewhat uh, stunned. He said, what do you mean, of course not? I said, well, uh, several things. Here, First of all, she's an unusually bright lady. She wouldn't go with me. That's the first thing. (laughs) I said, the second thing is, she and I have absolutely nothing to talk about that we cannot talk about more effectively in my own office with the door wide open. I said, number three, you know, people do talk, and if they were to see me out with my secretary, first thing you know, people would be whispering. And I said, number four, in addition to that, I might enjoy taking my secretary to lunch. And that would lead to another trip out and another trip and that has got nothing but trouble written all over it, any way you cut it. Now, I said, in addition to that, the truth is I do not believe by any stretch of the imagination in the double standard, I don't want the redhead going out with somebody to lunch or to dinner or anywhere else. I just don't want it going on. But I said, the bottom line is simply this. I love my wife far too much to give her one moment's worry or concern. It's not worth it. Folks, I've been almost all over the world. I've had privileges that very few people have. I have as friends people who are worth over a billion dollars. I've associated uh, with some of the upper figures in the echelons of government. I've been on the platform with two presidents, a number of senators and governors and several others. I've hobnobbed with some of the uh, elite as far as the, quote, entertainment world is concerned and the world of athletics is concerned. For 14 years, I knocked on doors. I've been in homes where I can literally, as a salesman, I could see the floor underneath, the ground underneath, and then look up and see the stars above. I've crossed every socioeconomic line this country has to offer. EVERY RACIAL, ETHNIC, RELIGIOUS, SOCIOECONOMIC LINE THIS COUNTRY HAS TO OFFER. I HAVE NEVER KNOWN A HAPPY MAN OR A HAPPY WOMAN WHO WAS MARRIED WHO WAS NOT 100% LOYAL TO THEIR MATE. PERIOD. END OF STATEMENT. NOW, I WANT TO EMPHASIZE SOMETHING. I'M NOT MORALIZING. I'm not preaching. I'm just simply saying that if one of your objectives in life is to be happy, then that is not the route that you want to go. We need to avoid those situations. Now, I'll admit some people might say, well, Zig, in modern America, you know, sometimes it's absolutely impossible. And I'll agree there are some unusual circumstances. But let me tell you, there are most of them that you can avoid. When I travel the country and uh, my secretary gets the phone call that a lady's going to be picking me up, she always says, well, who's going to be with you? If they say, well, I'll pick him up by myself, my secretary says he won't go with you. You'll have to have another lady or your husband with you or it's no deal. Now, please don't misunderstand. I have not had a bunch of lecherous females waiting to pounce upon me every time I turn around. Uh, That just simply is not part of, that's not one of my problems, but I want to make it absolutely clear that I do not want it ever to even appear that way. Did you realize that 50% of all of the divorces are caused because the husband or the wife meets somebody in the marketplace and are attracted to them? and that 70% of those meet somebody working in the same general area or department. You see, familiarity does breed attempt. I cannot tell you the number of times I've had somebody say about a divorce, about an illicit relationship, and they say, well, you know, it started off so friendly. We did not intend for it to happen. Down home, we've got a word for that we've stretched it into two words. It is called baloney. <laughs> Pure and simple, baloney is the word. And the reason I say that is simply this. When male and female eyes meet, and there is a sexual attraction, whether that meeting takes one-tenth of one second to happen, you instantly know it. There's where your commitment and your responsibility to your mate enters the picture. That's when you make your departure. You simply do not take it any further. A lot of people are in denial on that sort of thing. You know, they say, well, it didn't really happen. They think denial is just an Egyptian river. But I'm here to tell you, we need to face that reality when it happens. Jane Ellens uh, takes the step a little further when she says, Fidelity within marriage is far more than just putting a leash on lust. Faithfulness involves affirmative action, not just refraining from extramarital sex. It requires faithfulness to the vows we have made, vows to be constantly person-centered in our marriage, to consider always the well-being of the other, and to practice honest, open communications. She terms creative fidelity a dedication to the freedom, maturity, and growth of one's spouse." The question we always would ask when we're in the company of a member of the opposite sex, would I be comfortable if I knew my mate was in exactly the same situation with an attractive individual that appealed to him or her? i tell you, we need to look at it very carefully. In a publication of Executive Excellence, Stephen Covey tells a very interesting little story. And I emphasize this sort of thing because you see, the marriage you're in right now has the best chance of success of any marriage you'll ever have. The reality is, and I repeat this 50% of first marriages fail, 60% of second marriages fail, 70% of third marriages fail. We need to work on the one we're on. Well, Stephen Covey tells about this man who was at a seminar he was conducting out in Oregon on the course, beautiful setting. And he noticed the man, as they were in a little private session, the man seemed far away. And then the man started talking. He said, you know, I should be having an absolutely wonderful time. This place is so beautiful, but I know in a little while I'll get a phone call. And I know my wife is going to be asking me some questions. And she knows all of the questions to ask uh, because it's under these identical circumstances that I met her when I was married to another person. Should be having a great time, but I'm absolutely miserable. Now, Covey went on to say, as the man talked, he said, you're into the quick fix, aren't you? What he wanted was an instant answer to the uh, problem which he had presented. "'What do you mean I'm into the quick fix?' the man replied. And Covey's comment bears listening to to all of us when he said, "'My friends, you can't talk yourself out of a problem you behave yourself into.'" So totally true. The best way to change her attitude and win her trust is to open an emotional bank account with her and start making deposits and don't expect quick results. You'll need to make a thousand and one deposits in that account over time before you see a significant change. Once trust has been broken, it cannot be repaired instantly. It takes a long period of time. And that's not to say that I don't believe that trust cannot be restored. I've seen it happen, but it is a very difficult thing to do and Covey's absolutely right. It's got to have a lot of deposits. What kind of deposits? Deposits are made through courtesy and kindness as well as through honesty and commitment.
0: That gives us something to think about, doesn't it? I often hear Mr. Ziegler talk about the home court advantage. The idea that if you keep your relationships at home strong and secure, then you have a definite advantage out there in the workforce. I would love to hear about your home court advantage. I hope you'll give me a call. So here's my telephone number, 214 207 six, nine, seven, two. If you'd like us to, we may even feature you in one of the upcoming podcasts until next week. I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Inspiring true performance.